This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. In the world, big too early. I am one of your hosts, Steve Jenner, and I'm joined by Mike Jenner, who is summer off the coast of Connecticut. Mike, how you doing? Steve, I'm doing okay. I am pretty sore right now, so I got bamboozled this morning uh, at work. There was now. I want to preface it was for a good cause, and that's how I got roped into it. But I got talked into. They're like, "Oh, we're doing this like workout for this good cause. You should come join us." And it's like, "All right, now I'm." kind of getting shamed into it i have to go down listen i you know it, it's no surprise to anybody that you know i haven't been crushing the workouts these days i get bamboozled into this like 22 minute crossfit style workout out out in the front lawn of work didn't you know didn't bring enough changes of clothes i'm sweating my butt off out there and obviously i'm going way too hard so i'm over here i'm sore as hell you know, I was, I was sitting in my own sweat all day long. So, I, you know, I, I'm doing the best I can over here. Mike, isn't it part of your job to stay in shape? It's part of your job to stay in shape, but not like go crush a 22-minute CrossFit workout when, you know, I wasn't expecting. You, you got to be mentally prepared for that stuff. I can't, you just can't get bamboozled. And you got to make sure if you're going to make somebody do that just like in the middle of the workday that they know what they're in for. You can't just throw somebody into that willy-nilly. And so, I, you know, whatever. It is what it is. And as always, at the House of Sav, we got Trent Fontanella. Trent, how you doing, bud? I'm kind of fixated on that great point you made, Steve, right there. Like, all this time that Mike's complaining, we forget this guy's in the military. He should be the, you know, the, the essence of physical fitness. So I don't know what's going on. I should be concerned maybe about Trent, our where protection. are our tax dollars going? I know, right? Do, I do enough to get by. Do enough tax, to get by. The tax dollars is going to, like, gambling on a random college football games rather than staying in tip-top shape for if needed. Um, but anyway, I am, I'm a little annoyed right now, boys. I've been stuck inside, you know, part of my own decision, but part because of the ankle injury, hadn't really gone out too much. And I didn't notice how dark it gets out so early until I feel like today. And nobody told me that it gets dark so damn early right now. I, I finally am leaving my apartment every day. I'm going into the office. I, I'm seeing friends again. I'm moving around a bit more. And it turns out it gets dark by like 7 o'clock now. Like when I pre-ankle injury, it was bright out. It was, it was sunny to like 9 o'clock. And now all of a sudden, uh, we, we've just left summer and it's fall and it's pitch dark outside, and nobody gave me any kind of heads up. So I feel like it happens at the end of every September, where I think like the second two weeks in September are my least favorite time of year because you get you, it you, every once in a while you'll get a taste of like the fall air, you'll get a taste of that cool, crisp temperature. The days are still a little bit longer, and then you the September starts to go on, and then out of nowhere. You get hit with a humid day. You get hit with a hot day. But like you said, you don't. You get all the bad stuff of fall, but none of the good stuff because the days start getting shorter. I think the end of September, before October starts, might be my least favorite two weeks of the year. Here's a terrible take. I've been enjoying the nights getting darker faster because, you know, I stay up way too late 
and I've been trying to change that pattern. I'm trying to get more sleep. I'm trying to go to bed earlier. And for some reason, you know, when it when it's getting dark at 6:45, 7 o'clock, I'm I'm tired by 7:45, 8 o'clock. By the time dinner's over, I'm tired and I'm ready for bed. So it's it, it's been working to my advantage right now. Listen, I get it. It's a terrible take, and I'm getting ahead of that, but it's how I feel. It's how I feel right now. It's not a good time of year because it gets dark. That's a terrible take. Absolutely terrible take. It is hard to say that this is a tough time of year, though, when it was like 115 degrees all summer or it was monsooning out, and now we have some cool weather and it's been relatively dry around here. Uh, The the feeling of fall is in the air. Football's back. Pumpkin's back. Uh, So this is is a wonderful time of year. It just – we should have a little more heads up before it gets dark. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Have you guys started? Have you guys started drinking pumpkin beer? I feel like we talk about this every year, but Patriots yes. had their first game, so pumpkin beer is legal. That's what, that's Steve. I, that's uh, the that's the agreement we I made it made. legal, but I have a personal rule that until it's October fourth, first I don't I don't consume a single pumpkin beer. So it's and to be honest, I'm not a huge fan of pumpkin beer. Like I feel like I I'll, I drink it because I have to because it's like a tradition, but I don't really like. I don't really oh, like God, I love it. It's, I, I don't know. It, you got the, the sugar around the rim and everything. I don't know. I'm not. Uh, see, a, see that, that's where I agree with you. I don't need the sugar around the rim. I don't need anything crazy. I just, I just want a, I just want a pumpkin beer. Though. I, I, I like a pumpkin beer. Like, I think, I feel like the first couple sips of a pumpkin beer, it's like, oh, this is nice. It tastes like pumpkin. And by the time you're like halfway through the beer, it's like, I just wish I had a beer flavored beer. I don't, I, I can, don't like this anymore. I can tell in the look in Trent's eyes right now that he's about to say, "Give him that sugar rim, baby." He wants Listen, that sugar. Rim. He wants. He wants that he sugar wants, rim. Like he wants the vodka sugar. shot in there. Yeah, oh yeah, 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 for sure. It's it's not sugar. It's cinnamon. They put the cinnamon <laughs> on the rim. Nobody's putting sugar on the whatever. Rim. It's cinnamon sugar. Cinnamon it's all sugar. the same. Okay, but it's got a definitely cinnamon not, flavor. Definitely not straight cinnamon. You're making it sound like they dump out the Domino box of sugar on the cup, and then you're just <laughs> drinking half a thing. This is not a soda we're having. It's a nice flavored cinnamon rim that goes perfectly with the touch of pumpkin in your beer. And beer, two pumpkin beers, not good. But a nice beer with like a touch of pumpkin in it, oh, it's, it's delicious. So do you That's do you problem. do that at home? Do I put do the cinnamon the, on the? Yeah, on do you the put cup? the cinnamon at home? You know, I'm not much of a chef, Michaelton. I'm okay. not a bartender. I'm not a chef. Uh, I'm not a cocktail connoisseur. Uh, so no, I typically don't do that. But if I'm at the bar, it is a special treat when they so have the cinnamon. So I, I, I again, I'm not big with the the cinnamon sugar rim there. But it's one of those things where it's like. When the bartender asks you, you know, you get the, I'll take the pumpkin beer, I'll take the shipyard or whatever. And like, well, do you want the cinnamon rim? It's like one of those things like, uh, yeah, you know what? Sure. Why not? Why don't we splurge a little bit? We're out at the bars. We're having a good time. Why not? So whatever. I'll give you a pass. So that I think is my biggest problem with pumpkin beer is that it's like all it's shipyards, like the only option. Like there's some other pumpkin beers I've had, which are, I think are a little bit better, but I don't, I do not like the shipyard pumpkin. And that's like on tap everywhere here in, in new England. But, um, and then do you, do you ever put the vodka shot in it? Yeah. If, if it's getting a little kind of vanilla, weird, the vanilla weird vodka shot. I've done well, that. Sure. Before. Yeah. That, it's that, good. Yeah, it is. But anyways, <laughs> Snow's no. coming around here. He just needs yeah. Steve, Steve just needs a little bit of vodka in his <laughs> yeah. to, to make it okay. All right, that's enough. That's enough uh, terrible beer talk. Let's kick off the running news.
right. So we're, we're starting with an article here that I love, right? This is not an article, you know, that's a huge deal or, you know, you're going to find plastic all over the running world, but it's just, just a wildly interesting story. I love this kind of stuff. So at the Bristol Half Marathon, I think this is in the UK, right? It's uh, this is BBC News. I'm assuming it's the UK. And uh, so this guy, Omar Ahmed, he goes out to run the Elite 10K um, at this race. And so at some point, the 10K and the Half Marathon diverge. And he ends up going the wrong way, taking the Half Marathon route and accidentally... I don't know how you accidentally run a half marathon, but he accidentally run a half marathon. He does it in 63 minutes. He wins the thing. And then later on, it is determined that because he was registered for the 10K and he wasn't actually in the half marathon, he is disqualified from the half marathon, doesn't get his win. What, what do we think? What, Steve, what, what do you think? Should he be disqualified? What, what's the deal here? The runner in me is outraged. The race director in me kind of gets it. The runner in me is like, if you're going to split the race, you have to be way more clear. You have to, there has to be, it has to be very clear which side's the half marathon, which side's the, 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 the 10K. Um, the other part of me, the other, you know, thing that I'm thinking about as a runner, if it was the reverse and he was supposed to run the half marathon and he won the 10K, I'd feel differently about it, but because he was moving up in distance, I feel a little bit more on his side, but as a race director, you can't have you, this, this is like chaos. You can't have this. And what you would do is I'd probably, if there's a prize involved, I'd probably give him part of it, but say, listen, like we can't, we can't give you, we can't give you the full prize or we can't even give you the, a place on the, on the podium. And my last point on this from my race director brain is I'll never forget my high school coach telling me that if you go the wrong way in a race, it's your fault. You got to know the course. So uh, that's kind of, I'm split and uh, I'm probably going to land a little bit closer to the race director side than I am to the, to the runner side. Because I think when these articles come out, they always, they always try to sensationalize a little bit. And maybe it was a little bit clearer than this, and this article kind of leads on. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to side with the race. Yeah. I think Steve hit on the important point. Cause I, I like you, I had conflicted thoughts on this. It completely depends on how well marked this course was. Cause we've all been in road races where it's no marking whatsoever. You're basically uh, talking to the guy behind you. You're like, do you know if we're supposed to go right here or straight here? So if this was poorly marked, then the race director needs to look himself in the eye and say, I screwed up, and give this guy his prize. If it was not poorly marked, if it was very clear which way to go, and this guy just didn't feel like paying for the full ten uh, half marathon price, you know how the 10K price is a little <laughs> bit cheaper? I'm sure that's not the way it works with elite athletes. But when we all go out for the road races, you know, you, you sign up for the 5K, and then you can sneak into the half marathon and save yourself 100 bucks. Uh, but if it was well marked, you can't do that, because the guys that are running the half marathon, they may see this guy go out, uh, way too hard and think this guy, you know, is an a-hole and he's just running uh, the 10K and they're not going to go with him, right? And so it changes the whole course of the race. Um, so if it, if it was well marked, then this guy's, you got to get him out of there. If it was shittily marked, then you, you got to give him what he's on. Hey, hold on. Wait one second. Mike, I'm going to ask you this, and this could change my, 
this could change my opinion. What's this guy's nationality? Is there a language barrier? Because if there's a significant language barrier and the race didn't do a good enough job of outlining this or, or whether it's put it in multiple languages or have it explained beforehand, then I might be back on the side of the runner. There is no specifics in the article. If there was a language barrier. All right. I'm going to, you, you go ahead, give your take. I'm going to, I'm going to do some digging here. Uh, but yeah. So first of all, Trent, how dare you accuse my friend Omar of trying to cheat the system that's you know you have no idea you're just throwing out crazy assumptions you have no idea what you're talking about um that's truly disgusting what you just did to assume that you know he's trying to cheat the system so that's one one point i would say and your whole like butterfly effect thing where it's like it changes the course that what are we talking about here listen at some point this guy realized that he wasn't running a 10 K right. I'm sure somewhere around eight or nine, the eight or ninth mile, he, you know, had this realization, like, I think I'm running the wrong race here. And he just kept going and he won the damn thing. And so, so what if he went out way too hard? Nobody caught him. Nobody went after him. He didn't die. He didn't fall back to them. He beat them. He ran, you know, 13.1 miles in 63 minutes. And he did it faster than everybody else. All the other stuff is just logistical race director bull crap. Who cares? This guy showed up on a day. He put a bib on and he ran 13.1 miles faster than every single other person in the field who lined up on that day. Ridiculous. Give the guy the trophy. He's the champion. And I am shocked befuddled that I, I I almost was like, am I going to have to take an opposite take because I, I don't want us all to be in agreement? I cannot believe that I am the only one on this side of the argument. So I looked it up. I don't think there was a language barrier. Now, I think the problem may have been that he was so far ahead of the rest of the competition, he just kind of followed the cones and he didn't know where he was going. Um, hey, man, rules are rules, right? And if and if and if the if the race directors decided that this was the course they were going to take, they must have had a good reason to to kind of take that course. So listen, oh, he's it. being buddy buddy with his race director friends. Yeah, he's yeah. his his chums over there. Get out of here, Trent! You disgusting animal. What do you have to say for yourself? To your to your point, Michael, you, you said something along the lines of if if he was intentionally you know, making a wrong move here. And, and I got in trouble for besmirching your friend here. But if he was intentional, if it was an unintentional move to do that, he would have figured it out, scratched his head, turn around at some point and, and ran the damn uh, 10K instead of the, because well, he was so far ahead, he would have won back and he still could have won well, that. What if, no, what if, I mean, what if the break happened at like mile two or three, he's not going to realize he's going the wrong way until mile seven or eight so you you want him to turn around and run back four miles come on let's, let's not be anybody ridiculous that goes here. into a race expecting to run 10k right if you're expecting to run a 10k and at the the three mile mark somebody says you know what you actually have 13.1 and he's running hard enough it's not jogging he's running hard enough where he's just dominating the field i mean that that just is that's just not going to happen as an as an athlete the 
can you imagine running race Michelson and somebody just telling you now you have to go twice as far as you were going to and your your pace isn't going to change or anything like that? Like this guy obviously had I mean to me that no race. you're right I could not do that. In fact, we should be doing the opposite. We should be nominating this guy for Sav of the Week because that's a Sav move. He raced his butt off for a 10k and then had to go double the mileage and still win the damn thing. He should be the Sav of the Week. So it does say here that he didn't know he was running the half marathon until he hit the 10K mark of the half marathon. <laughs> so, yeah. Sure. Sav of the week. Sav of the week. You're Sav of the week was sneaking into the, the more expensive race. Yeah, you, you disgust me. Disgust me. Any, any final takes on my Moan? Uh, <laughs> the article calls him Mr. Ahmed because I guess his bib was spelt wrong like his name was spelt wrong on his bib so i don't actually know how to spell his name so they just keep calling him mr ahmed uh, any final takes on mr ahmed nope let's no. move on no all right we're moving on here so week two of the cross country season so far there's been some early season meets where we have our third coaches pull out here um, so obviously it's still very, very early in the season, but we're going to do our way to early predictions here. And we are all going to defend one men's team and one woman's team who we think could be a potential contender come late season championship season. Uh, how do we want to do this? What order do we want to go? And do we want to do go all men first? We'll each defend our men's team. And then we'll each defend our women's team. Works for me. All right, Trent, you want to defend your men's team first? Yeah, absolutely. So I am going to be a big supporter here today of the BYU Cougars ranked third in the national poll right now. You know, Northern Arizona is the favorite going in as they should, and they should probably be the favorite every year. Uh, but as we talked about in our preview, none of us uh, a few weeks ago are sold that, that Northern Arizona team. So we have a few true contenders and BYU has to be one of them. Connor Mance, who I feel like has been in school. I mean, it happens to the BYU kids, but it feels like he's been in school for 10 years now or whatever. But he is, of course, your reigning national champion. That's, that's where you start when you're looking to build a team is who's going to get me a low stick at nationals. Connor Mance is going to get you a one at nationals, potentially. Uh, they got to do Casey Klinger, who was 12th last year. So that's two top 15 guys to bring him back. That guy was only a sophomore. Um, doing my, my big boy research here, Aiden Troutner, who was a freshman last year. He took a, a long break for his mission, I guess. But he won Nike Cross Nationals in high school. So he comes back. He's kind of getting his feet wet. You get guys like that, a little an extra year underneath them, a full schedule, because last year's schedule got all messed up. I expect a big year out of him to show up. And the CMS Championship pedigree. They won back in 2019. Their coach knows how to win. I think that's huge to have like a coach that actually knows how to get his team you know, fit enough and peaking at the right time to win a national championship. Uh, that, that's a huge factor when you're trying to figure out who has a legitimate chance to win. So, boys, do you guys think BYU has a chance to upset Northern Arizona? So, two things here on what you said. So, BYU looks like they've won like run like one legitimate race so far this year. Um, and on an unrelated note, they ran a 7.5K. This is my favorite thing in college cross country when you run like the very obscure distance and i feel like coaches do this to try and like not show their hand not show that they have so it's like oh if i run a seven and a half k other teams won't be able to see like what times my guys are thrown down as if like 
other coaches can't figure it out and do the math. So that's an unrelated note. But Trent, are you worried that in this race, and it looks like BYU ran their squad. I mean, I'm looking here and Connor Mance is in there. It looks like most of the guys you're referencing are in there. They only beat Weber State by nine points in like basically like a like a quad meet, dual meet type, try meet essentially, you know, matchup here. Nine points against Weber State. Who is Weber State and why? Shouldn't First they off. go one through five? Shouldn't they be able to run their like 15 through 20 guys and smoke Weber State? Uh, first off, Michaelson, I believe it's pronounced uh, Weber State, uh, which oh, okay. is the, the school of Damian Lillard uh, for the basketball fans out there. And so it's definitely there would be two Bs if it was Weber, uh, one B if it was Weber. But no, of course I'm not worried about that, Michael. Uh, it's a seven and a half case. So what the hell does that mean? It's nothing to me whatsoever. <laughs> but when you're a legitimate team, come on, you know this. They're not going out to 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 set PRs on that course that day. I'm sure Connor Mance is probably doing a, a tempo run uh, and then got off the line and then did another five mile repeat to to get a real workout in that day because they weren't worried about uh, a Weber State or <laughs> whatever school you want to call it. So no, you can't read too much in results. It's fun. We're all desperate for results at this point because we just are excited cross country is here. But until you get to real big invites, I'm not going to get worried about the the specific place of, of guys at this point. I, I can't believe how much you just clowned me for not knowing Weber State as if that's like the most common knowledge in the world. Listen, if you watch if you watch the NCAA tournament every year, you should know that it's Weber State. I do watch it, and I probably called them Weber State then too. So to your point, I will say, especially with BYU, you never know. They, you know, always got their sixth-year seniors or whatever in there that are going to make things happen. They always have an experienced team. They always have guys come back from their mission. You don't know what they're capable of. So, yeah, of course, are are they going to be a factor down the stretch? Yeah, of course they will be. Can I go next? Steve, please do. All right. So on the flip side of Trent's argument that you have, you know, people on their seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth year of college. Last week, or maybe a couple weeks ago, we talked about how out of nowhere, the men's Alabama team just brought in three guys from Kenya out of nowhere, just at the last second. And so they ran at this past weekend, they ran at the Northern Alabama Showcase D1 South Regional Preview. Now, you know, I mean, there's, this is a meet that they should win, right? But they won in dominating fashion. I think they had 25 points. The next was Lipscomb with 74 points. Um, But the thing I want to talk about is how at the front of this pack, one, two, three, are those three guys that Alabama brought in from Kenya. They're just winning with ease. And now, boys, I'm going to read off these names to you and tell me that this team isn't going to win the national championship. So in first place, we got Victor Kiprop. In second place, we got Eliud Kipsang. And then in third place, we got Hillary Chariot. Okay, tell me this team isn't going to win the national championship with those three freshmen. And now this team could come out of nowhere and and, and surprise the NCAA. I think they're in the coaches poll. I think they're I think they're out of the top 10, which is crazy. 
They're 15th in the coaches poll. This team could absolutely shock the world. So you got these three freshmen up front, and then you scroll down the list here. Their third place, or their fourth runner, finished in seventh, Jacob Wiggers. Uh, he's, a, he's a sophomore. And then in 12th place, you got a freshman, Carson Burian. And let's keep going here. They're, they're number six runner, sophomore. Uh, let's see where else we got here. What else we got here? Seventh runner, you finally get a senior. Their eighth runner, you get a junior. Their ninth runner, you get a freshman. Guys, this team is only going to get better with every single race. You got you got you got Kiprop, you got Eliud, you got you got Chariot. I mean, guys, come on, Alabama. If there was an opportunity to bet futures on on the NCAA cross country, this the this the futures bet on this would be unbelievable. It would be an absolutely sprinkle. I'm picking I'm picking the men's Alabama team to come out of nowhere and shock the world this season. This is one of those things where it's like until they go up against real competition, we won't know how like crazy and dominant this team can be. Now those top three guys, one, two, three, no question about it. Those guys are going to be unbelievable. And, you know, that's like three top 10 finishes right there. So automatically, the question is, can you get that four, five, six to figure it out and give you a good enough chance to beat NAU? That's what would scare me about that team. And you just don't know. Because like you said, Steve, freshman, 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 sophomore, freshman. They're top five. Your oldest guy is a sophomore, which is a very scary thought for the next four years in the NCAA. So I, I think you're right. I think they're going to make a huge splash. Do they have what it takes to win it? I'm not sure. I don't think we'll know for a couple of weeks. But, I mean, if you don't think Alabama is winning at least two national championships in the next four years, I, I mean, you're crazy. Because freshman, 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 sophomore, freshman. That's, that's ridiculous. That's very, very scary. Yeah, they went, they went from not ranked. I know they're only 15th right now, but I'm looking at They went from not ranked last week to 15th. I mean, that's a big jump. I don't know exactly where they were. Actually, it's, it, they have a top 30 or two, so they were outside the top 30. They, they were not ranked. They're probably outside the top 50 or whatever, and now they're, they're 15th in the country. So, I mean, the names are amazing, right? I mean, <laughs> how can you doubt when you have those actual names? I mean, where have we heard those names before? They're, they're going to be – there's no denying they're going to be legit, but I have the same concerns that Mike does. It's an interesting team dynamic when your senior is fighting for a top seven spot. Like when they go to nationals, who's that guy that is setting the tone and making sure everybody's, you know, ready to go and has the right mindset heading into it. So will they be a fun team to watch? Absolutely. If you could bet on them to win next year's national championship or the year after that, I would do it in a heartbeat. Uh, I'm not sold that they have a real chance to go after Northern Arizona this year. It's just, it's just three freshmen up top. I mean that they should, they should make some noise. Uh, but, but actually contending to win is going to be difficult for those guys. All right. So if anybody has paid any attention to me talking about cross country over the last two years, my pick is no surprise to anybody. I'm going with Oklahoma State, led by the mystery man, Isa Rodriguez. So here's, here's what I like about these guys. First of all, Trent, 
they ran an 8K this past weekend. They're, they don't need the fancy dancy stuff and, you know, running these off distances. They're going at it. And I'm like you guys, they faced real competition this week. They went head to head. They said, screw it. Week one, guess who we're going to race? Guess who we're going to go up against? Northern Arizona. Yeah, no big deal. Ever heard of them? You know, this is this is Team USA wanted to play the Soviet Union in like the preseason at some exhibition game. They want to fit. They want. They, they're not trying to hide anything. They want to race these guys week one, and that's what they did. And you know what? They kept it close, forty to sixty-two. And listen, I get it. People talk about early in the year. You know, maybe people aren't running all out. They're doing tempos or else. I, I don't care. These are results. These are guys stepping on a cross-country line. And guess what? Guess who won the race with, you know, even with Nur in there, with Nico Young, with Balsley, all the NAU guys, Isa Rodriguez takes the victory and does it in commanding status. And then their number two guy is right in the mix with the NAU guys. And, you know, the they got a nice little pack time. I know you guys like me talking about my pack time. They got a good mix of young guys they got some seniors in there listen oklahoma state is legit this is a very very good team and like you want that you need that low stick and isa every year i've talked about it but he's a potential to be right up there with the guys he's always a sleeper to win the national championship and they're already proving right now that they can run with the NAU guys and they're not afraid of the NAU guys. So I love it. Every single week in the coaches poll, Oklahoma state has moved up there in the fifth slot. Now these guys are legit. Very, very legit. I mean, the question is, is Isa Rodriguez going to no longer be the mystery man, right? Because that has what has haunted your Oklahoma state picks throughout now I can say throughout sure. the years of doing the Peak to Worthy podcast is you get excited <laughs> about Oklahoma State and then you don't know what to suspect or expect out of their lead guy. I was just reminding myself of Nationals last year. It looks like he got eighth place, so he did show up at Nationals, led OK State to the third place finish. So if if we have gotten to the point where we can count on Mr. Rodriguez, if he is dependable, even if he, he didn't come on the podcast when he said he would. But if we can count on him to perform at the big races, then I, I will give it to you, Mike. I do, I do think uh, they're a legit contender. As you said, they did, they did run a real race, and uh, BYU didn't, so I'm not going to be concerned about it. But when teams do run a real race, you do have to look at those results. And the fact that they're not scared of NAU and running right there, uh, that's a good sign for Oklahoma State. Trent, who among us hasn't had a bad sophomore cross-country season who among us okay listen i get it isa blew up his sophomore year but two out of the three times he's ran at the cross-country national championships he's finished top 10 one of those times he finished top five as a freshman so listen we I, you know we talk about mystery man we don't know he's going to show up in reality he had one really bad blow-up race where he wasn't there there's no i i don't believe there's any reason that isa will not show up this year as a senior with the experience and like i said showing up in a national cross-country national championship three times two of those times he was top 10 oak state's the the riskiest bet on the board mike because they're ranked high and you don't you you, you always have to question if eyes is going to show up if he's if he's going to show up physically mentally whatever he might 
you know, the, you're right. He did, he did have his best finish his freshman year and every year he's been kind of moving back a little bit. So, you know, in the words of, uh, in the words of uh, Bill Belichick, the best available, the best ability is availability. And I don't know if I can count on Isa Rodriguez's availability out there. All right, let's move on to the woman's side. Trentleton, what do you got? Who are you picking for your woman contender pick? All right, I am going with the New Mexico Lobos. I don't know what a Lobo is, I just realized, but I still like the Lobos wolf, too. Right? Is it a wolf? I'm pretty sure. It's, it's, it looks like a wolf or some sort. It could be another kind of four-legged critter. But yeah, we'll go with wolf. Oh, That's pretty on, intimidating. We need to find this out. What's a Lobo? Oh, oh, break for the stats and research department to figure out what a Lobo uh, is. Googling it right now. What's a Lobo? Nope, not what's a lobotomy. <laughs> <laughs> Although we could talk about that if you want. You want? Should we get into that? It is a in in the southwestern U.S. and Mexico. It's a timber wolf. So yeah, it's a wolf. All right. Steve, I am impressed by your, your knowledge of that. It's pretty good. Um, Easy when you have Google, you know? That's right. Well, anyways, I like New Mexico this year. They're ranked third in the coaches poll right now. They haven't really put themselves out there too much this year. That They ran um, kind of a couple, you know, low-key races. And for that reason, they haven't really moved much uh, since the polls have been released. But, again, I, like my BYU pick, I'm, I'm looking at teams that – uh, or I'm not going to be worried about what they've done or haven't done early this year. I'm looking at the results last year and what the expectations were for people coming in. So they were sixth place at last year's nationals. But here, here was the number I liked. They ran four freshmen, one sophomore, and one senior who was, uh, you know, their lead runner, All-American, Adva Cohen, who is returning for her, her grad year. So she's coming back as a fifth-year senior. I love that, like, leader up front that you know you can count on to be, you know, potentially a top 10 person at nationals. You need that person if you're going to have a legitimate chance to compete. So if she continues her success, one of the young runners comes up and is running there right there uh, at the end of the year. We have a couple people that could potentially have some nice little sticks. New Mexico won the national championship in 2015 and 2017. Again, I love that championship pedigree. That means the coach knows how to actually uh, get their runners to perform when the time is needed. And I was reading, they got a little transfer here. Uh, Abby Goldstein from Harvard, who due to injuries and, and COVID, she hasn't run uh, a cross country race in a couple years now, but um, she should be some experienced, uh, uh, real quality runner who's brought in to be another kind of upperclassman leader with the young bucks who all, you know, came up and run awesome last year at the national championship. So, uh, I'm excited for New Mexico this year. You got your, your two big studs up front, then you have some freshmen and a sophomore from last year. I guess they're now sophomores and juniors, uh, to, to come out behind and will hopefully be getting better. Uh, this team should have a legit shot to compete. Trent, all your teams just refuse to race in the early seasons, which is <laughs> fine, right? We we know that New Mexico is going to be good, but they show up to a race and they race New Mexico State, UTEP, El Paso, New Mexico Highlands. I mean, wait, 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 Michael, not El Paso, like like University of Texas El Paso, which has a good cross country program. This is El Paso Community College. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. So yeah. it's like, what what are we doing here? What? what's the point what are you gathering from this type of data like i said we know new mexico 
is going to be good. And you kind of got me going a little bit there when you're talking about a, a good cross country transfer of someone who like hasn't run in a year or two that nothing gets me more excited than that. It's like the, the unknown is so much fun in cross country and you just never know when it's going to unleash and what it's going to bring. So that's all fun. And I like what you're saying, but it's just like, I don't know racing these garbage teams, not showing us anything at this time. It's like, what more do I know about New Mexico than I knew when these preseason polls came out? You know what I mean? It's like, you could have gave this exact speech two weeks ago. They've given us nothing. We're sitting here in week two, about to go into week three with nothing, no data, no nothing. So whatever, we'll see. Listen, they went from fourth to third in the coaches poll. So I know there's no, but why they haven't raised anybody. But that means people, people for some reason feel good about them. And I agree with the coaches. There's no reason to not. The coaches poll also has the men's Alabama team ranked 15th, which is insane. They should easily be top six, seven teams. So that's true. I, I feel like the coaches them. probably get salty about all the freshmen and the transfers. I bet coaches for are the sure. last people to recognize like how good transfers and freshmen are because they're like, oh, you got to prove it on our like our conference course before we can rank you high. For sure, especially you know we're getting too caught up in the Alabama thing, but especially when you get like three Kenyans coming over, I'm sure yeah. the coaches get salty that they didn't get that kind of recruiting class and that they're not coming to you know whatever it is they, they're gonna call BS or that's unfair, so they get all salty. So yeah, the the fact that the coaches get to make these decisions sometimes, yeah, whatever. Steve, would you like me to 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 say my team that I'm going with here? Yeah, unless you have a take on New Mexico. No, I think you guys covered it. All right. So I am going to go. I'm going to stick roll tide here. I'm going to stick with Bama as a potential underdog to take the women's side on the cross-country side as well. And so what I'm looking for on Bama, Bama's got the big guns. Like, they got Mercy Challengat, and I believe that she's going to be a contender for that number one stick at at uh, at nationals this year i think she's prime ready to go she's coming off a second place finish at uh in the 10k at uh you know outdoors i think that this is going this is her season to really pop and kind of get a win at nationals so if we have that if i think that she's going to have that type of year um i'm looking for are there some youngsters that are popping in these early season meets that are going to give her some support in that you know four or five spot because it looks like Alabama's sitting there big guns in these early season meets and at the same meet that I was just talking about um the on the men's side the northern Alabama showcase and yeah I get it they're not racing any big names but they don't really have any big names in their in their region they're racing who they got but when I'm looking at the results here we got a second place finish with a time of 1636 from sophomore. I'm going to butcher this name. Flomena Eskol. Eskol. Um, you know, so with a really, really solid finish from her. And that's what I'm looking for. Is there a youngster or two that's going to pop and round out that top five for Bama? And I think, I think she, you know, I think, I think we've kind of found it there. So for that reason, I am taking Bama as my underdog sleeper to not only win the men's side, but the women's side as well. Roll Tide, Nick Saban. I mean, you, you, you got to go, go Bama if you're looking for underdogs on the cross-country world this year. 
Steve's just taking a full-on Mac Jones approach to this. He, he's, you're he's, right. You're right, he's wearing, he's wearing Mac Jones goggles right now. He's clouded by the Patriots quarterback. So, listen, I'd say the biggest criticism in the last year or two on Alabama is they got the top guns and they can't finish it on the back end. I see you address it there, uh, the sophomore there. But I don't know. Is that enough to – like you said, round out the top five to really pull it together. Is that the difference maker to close that gap time between Mercy and their five, six, seven girls, even in this race, right? The sophomore ran well, but then they drop off like crazy. So I think they have a depth problem. Now, will the low sticks at the top be enough to get it done? Maybe. Can we count on the, the uh, you know, young girls to step up and round out that top five? I don't know. We'll see. I'm skeptical that their depth is enough to get it done. I, I love the pick, Steve. And I agree with you, Mike. Everything you said is correct. The depth is a question mark. I'm, I'm looking at the results uh, from last year's national championship. They had a one stick in Chalangat. They had a, a three stick in, in Tanisma. They had a 36, so three All-Americans. And then it dropped off a cliff. There was like 134th, 174th, and so on. But if you have three studs that are all returning, all you need is one of those young runners to hit, right? Or I guess you need two. You need two of those young runners to hit and be successful. And if we have one that Steve already identified, if somebody else can get their act together and just run solid, it's impossible to say this team is not a legitimate threat because their top guns can absolutely compete uh, with anybody. So depth is a huge question mark for Alabama. But if you're looking for an upset pick, if a team, you're not, you're not picking the, uh, the top team uh, and pretty much if you're not picking BYU or NC state or something, you look for teams like that, that have the ability to pop. So depth question mark, but uh, I definitely think Alabama on the women's side, especially is, is a true dark horse to compete. All right. So my team that I am taking on the women's side is a, you know, distance powerhouse over the last couple of decades Sitting at the nine seed overall right now, I am going with Colorado. And so this is one of those weird things because, you know, on the women's side, it's the, the top couple teams. We got NC State, we got BYU, and then it's like pretty much anybody's, you know, anybody's got it from there. Anybody's up for grabs. So am I going to sit here and tell you that I think Colorado can beat BYU? I'm not sure that they can, but if I'm looking for any team to outperform their ranking, to be in the mix, I'm looking for a couple of different things here. And I've said it once, I've said it a million times. I, I love pack time. And at this race, their early season race, who they're not like going up against anybody crazy, but they did race Oklahoma State and beat Oklahoma State, who's another top 15 team, another team that's flying up the rankings. So it's a pretty good team. But they're from one to seven. This is I'm not even talking one to five. From one to seven, they have a 48 second pack time over a 6K. Another thing I love here too is their number one girl was a freshman. So it's like you don't know what you're gonna get there. The the potential is there as the season goes on. But then the core of their team, they have four seniors in the heart of their top seven. They're like two, three, four, and six girls. We're all seniors. So you got the experience and you kind of got that like last desperation. This is our season, our last chance to go at it. So you have the mix of young freshmen 
and the, the wily veteran seniors. I love that mix because mixed potential, experience. I think there could be something going on there. So Colorado is my pick. I like it. I mean, you know, Phil Maya, our, our high school coach, is loving the fact that you're talking about pack time. Yeah, He's absolutely loving the fact that you talk about there. Pac-Man. There is nothing flashy about that Colorado team. There's going to be no girls in the top 20, 25 of the national championship, but they're just a solid core, and that's that's what I'm looking for. There, you, you can count on Mike to talk about Isaac Rodriguez and pack time. And any that's it. That's it. It's a yeah. guarantee. Check. The but box. that's the thing, Mike. It's two very different philosophies. Very different. Right? I agree. I agree. I agree. Which, which. You know, as a team that you can maybe count on to maybe maybe surprise and be top five, yes. But let's be honest, if you don't have uh, that top women out there, or really top two to three women that can really compete for those top 10, top 20 spots, uh, they don't really have a realistic shot at going after the top team. So you, you can be all excited about Colorado when they look solid all year, but really not a true contender. What have you said, Trent? They'll probably beat your garbage team. <laughs> all right. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know if that was running news, but that's all I got for the running news. So what are we doing here, boys? What are we doing? What's, we're going to do a – we're going to – okay. So here's what we're going to do. We haven't – it's been a while since we've done a podium, personal podium. So we're trying to figure this out. So we're talking stretches. We're talking body weight exercises. We're talking previous – I'm 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 leaning towards pre pre race routine. Have okay. we done that before? <laughs> I don't know, but at this point, I don't even care. So what if we've done it before? We'll uh, you know we'll run it back and maybe we can compare. What we said I don't think I, we might have done something in the same vein, but I don't think we've did the exact same thing. I'm trying to let's see, going to the SoundCloud podium. We've done podium of. <laughs> track slash baseball as uh, the track slash baseball comparison we've done podium of christmas movies podium of cold weather gear podium of running months podium of ex- <laughs> podium of excuses podium of running apparel podium of favorite races and that's it so no all right i don't think we have i think all right i like 13 is very much in play. All right, how are we going to decide who's going first here? We're going to argue about it for like 30 seconds, and Steve is just going to decide. We could go in order of um, how well we did in the uh, the NCAA pick'em pool this week. No, no, let's, what's, our, what's our percentage? Who's got the best? Let's go by winning percentage right now. Oh, okay. Let's go by, by. I think it's me, Steve, Trent, if that's – I'm pretty sure. Whatever it is, that's what we're going to do. Okay. Let me see. It is. We're going – so so for the, for the listeners, we are we – have we have a football, like, pick and pull, and we're going by best winning percentage right now. Steve, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help my boy out right now. As before right. Mike announces this – I noticed this last week. I figured Mike would correct it, but Steve is incorrectly marked as six and six. The man should be seven and five, but our commissioner, Michael Gendron has put him down for 
the wrong wait, record this week. Wait, yeah, does this right. does this impact who won last week? No, it does not. Mike no, Mike got a four zero and one record, but I noticed the. Uh, I noticed he gave you a two and three, which he had a three and two. So I'm not sure how Steve let this get whoa. through. Whoa, 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 whoa. What's going on here? Talk about it, sketchy commissioner. It, it, it doesn't impact anything. Except except the pool at the end of the season. Well, yeah. And it's, it's been fixed. Yeah, but who knows how many other mistakes I don't know have how, been if made. I can trust you anymore. Well, good thing Trent, good thing Trent was paying attention. Maybe I was just making sure people uh, – what it did change was it did change the standing. So now Steve is, is moving up into the third-place spot. In the, in the pool, not in the – In the overall rankings, yes. All right. But anyways, nonetheless, I am still in the lead between the three of us at least, not overall. Uh, so I guess that makes me first. So <clears> – <throat> podium of pre-race routine this goes everything from so guess we can go a million different ways here i've had zero prep time and i'm just gonna go on a whim i'm just gonna go for it and i'm gonna go with your pre-race playlist everyone's got those three or four songs you listen to them at a very specific time during your pre-race warm-up routine whether it's getting off the bus whether it's you know that final stretch segment you know you're you're i'm giving away picks i shouldn't do that uh but whatever you know the songs you're playing you know when you got to play them and that is critical it's essential to the pre-race routine it sets the tone for everything in your mental uh you know your mental game so i feel great about it as the number one i just like I said, on a whim, I was put on a spot here, and I'm the first one to go, and I do feel good about it. I think it's an important part. Mike, you missed probably the unanimous 1-1 pick. Yeah. Uh, so now after oh, I, No, 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 no. Floor I'm not, no, I'm not going to steal, steal anything. I'm just saying there's one that I missed that I do feel bad. I'm not, not sure it's the one you're thinking, but there's one that I missed that it sucks that I don't Yeah, have. yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a unanimous 1-1 out there, 1-1 pick, that you completely miss. You just dropped the ball on the, the, the best pick. I was pick feeling the pressure. The I was feeling the pressure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I thought that this one was, this one was a no-brainer, and it is the pre-race dump. Yeah. I mean, that oh, wait, is the, the pre-race dump. Oh, that's a good one. I don't know if it's the 1-1, actually, but it's oh, very good. good. Tell it's me. A, a, you, there's no I'm way not, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not. There's... There's a better one. There's a better one. But it's very good. It's a very better good. one. Get out of here. It is a better one. There's a better no, one. No, no. Yep. It's very good. It, that one deserves to be. I think you getting that in the number two slot, well, for, for many reasons, <laughs> appropriate. It was meant but, to be. <laughs> but, it is, but that's where it should go because I should have taken a different one, and that should have gone number two. So The, the argument against the pre-race dump, though, is that a good one is number one clear cut. A bad one is like the the bottom podium, right? If, if sure, it doesn't go I'm well, sure our can, listeners don't want to hear this. Can ruin your day. I think they do. I think it's very relatable. <laughs> and the and to your point, Trent, they're all bad. No, no. Yes, there's yes, there's good and bad. All right, I'll I'll, I'll change the subject on us here. Uh, the the absolute most important part of your race 
right? When you, when you get to the hour before your race, everyone does the same thing. They go out, they do their three mile warm up, they come back, they do whatever like dynamic stretches, and then you get ready, you put your spikes on, uh, you do some strides and you race. But that, that like 25 minutes, 20 minutes before that hour is when you get to, or at least I get to put my headphones on, get my playlist, like Mike said, and then it's just me and my foam roller for like 20 minutes. And it's, it's not even about the rolling. It's about just like getting in that mental space, blocking off the rest of the world before the real warm-up starts. You get a little pain, right? You feel like the roller digging into your IT band and it feels like somehow that's going to make you faster that day. So I like that like instant, you know, satisfaction from the, the shooting pain of the, the foam roller. So me and my roller in a private area, whether it's behind a tree somewhere or whether it's like, you know, somewhere on the, uh, the, the hallway in the indoor track, that's like a very, very personal and important time to me. It's a terrible pick. Awful pick. Terrible, 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 pathetic. terrible pick. Terrible and pick. The best part back, of it Comes back to you for another terrible pick. All right. Yeah. My second terrible pick. The fact that you be... got to turn around after that one is, <laughs> is going to be bad. I thought I was going to convince you guys on that. Uh, it's the last thing you eat before the race. So everybody has like their final uh, meal, their final fuel. You got to be more specific than this. I'm going to get into what mine was, but I think you get to say like, you know, usually it's probably like two to three hours before you have that Just final food. thing. Right. It's, it's right before. I, I, think, I think it's fair. I think it's fair. Yeah. Everyone has their whatever. It's a snack or something. Yeah. That, PB and J is the classic one you get with like a banana. That's a classic pre-race one. And it's important, right? It's crucial that you time it correctly, or it could have a huge effect on the, the pre-race routine that Steve has already brought up. So you have to pick the right food. It has to be the right time. In my older years, I got away from the lame peanut butter and jelly and kind of got into like the egg sandwich, a nice little egg sandwich. Uh, two eggs on a bagel, maybe or an English muffin oh, has been my classic, but getting that race. in your system, like three hours before the race, uh, it's not like the most fun thing. You don't look forward to that snack, but it is crucial. It needs to be on the podium because without it, you're, you're going to be nothing that day. I, I do like the, I, you know, racking your brain and thinking you have like this down to a science of the timing of it yeah. and thinking you have it all figured out and you know, exactly what in reality it's like, I don't think it matters that much. I mean, obviously you shouldn't be eating it like 10 minutes before the line, but like having that exact routine of exactly when you're supposed to eat this exact meal. I don't know. It's obviously a little bit overblown. So I was going to take, I was going to take steal it from Mike and the first bite of the pop tart before a pre-race before the race, but uh, Trent took the entire food world. So, so we'll, uh, we'll, we'll skip that. We'll move on. We'll move on to the, move on to the next one and uh, go with my real number two, not the one I was going to steal from Mike. Um, I'm going to go with probably the most important part of my pre-race routine without a doubt, every single time, whether I'm out of shape and slow, like I am now, or I was fast competing for the win. It's, it's, you know, right before the gun goes off you're lining up you sizing up the people next to you you pick the person that is probably going to be your biggest competition back in the day it was the you know one or two people that i was going to be competing against for the win and you do your classic you turn to them and say hey how you doing uh what what do you think you're going out at today 
to kind of feel mm-hmm. them out, see what see what type of pace they're going out, and without fail, every single time, say, yeah, you know, I'm I'm not feeling that great. I'm just gonna see, just gonna see how it goes out there, kind of training through it. So you know, I don't I don't expect much from myself today, you know. And I could be feeling in PR shape, but that's that you know that's that's the normal routine for me is is the the psych out at the line, get the mental advantage against your competition before the gun goes off. For sure, I I do like that one. So you kind of scram my brain a little bit here because in my mind i just like my mind goes directly to cross country right and all my picks just go right to cross country that's a very much like a road race thing here so i feel like i'm kind of missing out on something here but i'm gonna go back to the pick that i am happy it got back to me that i think is the one one overall pick again it's a very cross country related thing i don't care i'm going with it it is the pre-race huddle. All the boys get in a huddle. Coach comes in, you know, says says the magics, you know, gives the big pump-up speech. Everyone's fired up. You know, you do your whatever it is, your chant or cheer that gets the boys going, and then everyone does that final stride out back to the line with just the energy that they're going to run through a wall. It's the final moment that gets you ready for the big race. It gives you the big race feel. That is the pick that should have been the one, one that is the, you forget all about it. Forget about the peanut butter and jelly sandwich, the playlist, your pre-race dump. As long as you have the pre-race huddle, you're going to be okay. You're going to, you're going to make it happen. So I'm going with the pre-race huddle. As what do you two. what do you do for a road race when it's just you out there? See that that's what I said. I you know I Steve did scramble my brain a little bit with the roads, but sometimes you have like you know, you know we did the Erie Marathon. We had some of our boys out there. We still did a little sure. bit pre race huddle before. So if it's just you and you're showing up to like the local five k, we all still have that moment where you kind of like think to yourself like, you know, amp yourself up. So whatever it is, what it is. Maybe it's not relatable to to the road warriors, but I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking with the pre-race huddle. And then, Steve, anything? No, no, back to you. Okay. My third one, it's like I I could go 15 rounds of this, and I don't know exactly where to go with this one. Um. I'm going to go with, so you are doing your warm-up routine, your, you know, whatever it is, jogging, the whole thing. There's a moment when you transition from the clothes that you warm up in to the clothes that you're going to race in. And again, this is a very mathematical and strategic decision based on the weather and, you know, maybe it's raining, is it cold? whatever maybe it's super hot out and you're just you know going from the long shorts to the short shorts i don't know every single time it's different but that moment when you you know move from warm-up clothes to race clothes you put on the lighter shoes i mean that's a real moment when you're racing that that's the moment when the 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 you've transitioned from warm-up phase to race phase so that's it right there so Trent took all food, Mike took all of clothes, 
Like, what what are we doing here? Let's get a little there's, more specific. There's like a hundred million no, ways no, you could no, go with no, this. Yeah, and you're yeah, gonna... yeah, yeah, yeah. You're talking clothes, and then at the last second, you're tossing shoes, too. Like, come on. I mean, that's part of the wardrobe. No, no, let's get more specific. Let's get more mm. specific. My my picks are down to the exact conversation I'm going to have with somebody at and the I starting think that's line. Harmful, and you're like, I think, oh, it's, I think it's that's my harmful. clothes. I think it's my it's, clothes. Uh, and at the last second, I'm also going to steal shoes. Like, it's stealing all my – like, I don't even know. I said the racing outfit. You don't think the shoes are an important part of the racing outfit. Yeah, so you're just going to take all like I was going to say the moment you transition from the warm-up shoes to the race That's shoes. That's exactly what my pick was though. No, what you wind the tape back. Wind the tape back. You were saying close close close, you put on your race clothes, the shoes are part clothes, of the clothes. And then at the last second you say shoes. I'm, so I yeah, saved shoes you. And clothes I are not saved the same. you because shoes and if, clothes are not the yeah, same. But if, if you, you can't can... have both. No, I'm digging my feet in. I'm digging no, my that's spikes fine. Okay. in here. I'm you can't have both. You just That's can't fine. Have I don't want I don't want both because if you take shoes after i just if you take transitioning shoes after i just took transitioning clothes that's a terrible look on you it it looks like you're just stealing my picks and it's watered down so go ahead and take it for all i care i'm sick of these blanket statements i'm out here racking my brain for something super specific right and and you're and you you both are just willy-nilly taking like you know, an entire an entire industry you're taking you know you're taking an entire you know clothing and running shoe i i I can't, I can't handle this. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to think of something separate. You know, I, I'm going to go with. See, Trent, he, he, he was, he, he heeded my advice. Listen, why am I being grouped in the mic? I picked having a meal like three hours before. I said having food. a egg sandwich three hours before you race. And you're calling that specific. like clothes and shoes. Oh, that's a massive category. I agree with you, Steve, but don't put me with Mike. I picked a very, I said a specific moment, the transition from warm up clothes to race clothes clothes Close. and at the last second you throw in shoes i would have given you a break clothes is part of the outfit no they're not don't give me that don't give me that our shoes clothes i'm gonna put up i'm gonna put our, our i'm gonna put up a poll right now i guarantee you lose our shoes clothes everybody's gonna say no all right you can have shoes i will i will forfeit shoes no i don't want them anymore <laughs> okay i'm gonna take i'm gonna take the pinning of the number to your singlet before a race, not crumpled up. Not, I know, know there's some people on this podcast that like to crumple up, up their numbers like absolute savages. Me, Communist. Me, me, look good, feel good, run good. I need my number nice and crispy and clean and everybody can see it and I'm not ruining the chip on there and I'm going to have it pinned perfectly because I have years of experience pinning number and I can never get it just right, but I can get it close enough to race good out there. So I'm going to go with the pinning of the number on the singlet, something very specific that I do before my race. Listen, every single time, it's written on the number. People tell you not to mess with the the number because it's gonna mess up the chip. Has that ever happened? I come up my number every time. It's never messed with. I don't think it's happened in the history of yeah, road because, racing because, that oh, crumpling the number messes oh, with the chip. Oh, you are you are wrong. You are so wrong. It's never happened. I have zero evidence. Scenes, working our asses off, and every time a broken chip comes oh, across, Stevie we race director. Trent, Trent, you, Trent used to do this. You used to get paid to do this. How many damaged chips did you get? How many people did you put the chip on the wrong way that you had to run around and figure out what, as, as all this craziness is going on, Trent? There, there is nothing worse than the end of the race and you start realizing on the results 
that, you know, some kid comes up to you, he's like, how come I'm not like, you know, number six? I thought I came in sixth place and he's not there. And it's probably because he crumpled up his damn bib and it screwed up. So now you got to go back to the video camera and start like going through each person, person by person, looking for exactly where this guy was and manually insert him in. There's, there's nothing worse than the person that screws up with their bib. So Mike, there's no point so, to it. On, it looks terrible. Here, I don't know why you waste your time doing it. Here's the problem I have with the story you just told you like started off in like a very specific story and then said it was probably because his number you if it was because his number was crumpled and this is this traumatic of an experience you would remember you just grouped in a crumpled number with a race malfunction Listen, it had no, nothing I, to do with a crumpled oh, number just, i'm made, saying it happens all you just the time made that up it happens all the time if it happened all the time i don't know if it's crumpled all the time or not crumpled all the time but that happens you would have given a specific example of when that happened. You just decided that in this scenario you're talking about that this kid's number was crumpled because it fit your narrative, it fit your story, and that's garbage. I'll give you a specific time. You want a specific time? Yeah, but how can I know you're telling the truth now? You want to give him a call? My, it was my senior year of college. My buddy Sean Reagan was standing at our place. We went down and ran the Heinz. Heinz, uh, Heinz road race, the five mile road race. It was in, it was at the end of our off season and he crumpled up his number and he did not show up in the results and he did not get his prize right away because he crumpled up his number. That's an, a specific example to Trent's point. It happens all the time. Look who you're talking to, Mike. You, you're talking to a race sounds director like, it sounds like... for a race directing company and you're over here crumpling numbers, not even caring about the hard work that goes on behind the scenes to make this happen so you can so you can feel a little bit more comfortable on race day. Give me a break. A this this whole podcast is built on integrity. Every time we do a virtual race, we're, we're depending on the integrity of the two crew. And for you to question two of your co-hosts, I mean, this is ridiculous. And at the beginning of this podcast, you were just shitting on race directors, you know, giving, blaming it on them that your guy yeah. intentionally ran yeah. the wrong race. No. You're anti-race yeah, director. You're anti-race I, director. I can live with that. God. All right. My <laughs> final podium selection. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of like change gears here a little bit. So you guys might call this cheating, but I'm actually going to go to the night before when you take out all of your gear that you're going to need. So your uniform, your socks, your shoes, and you put it in that bag, packing of the bag. Usually the night before, if it's an afternoon mm, race, Steve, I'm saying this that morning. Count. Oh, come no on. Give this, this to me. Fine, is- fine, fine. You do it the day of. For you lazy people that can't do it the night before, you pack your bag the night of, but there's something nice about laying out in college my uniform wasn't always clean which is disappointing <laughs> it was having a clean uniform always feels good or having a clean racing socks is always a plus it doesn't always happen nowadays it happens more frequently that the clothes i'm gonna wear are actually have been washed uh, but laying it all out getting your bag ready to go it's a nice it's a nice important moment typically that night before where you're kind of starting getting into race zone if my bag wasn't packed the night before, I, I would not sleep for a second. Not a second. I need to make sure and double check and triple check a hundred times that that bag is ready to go. Mike, I think so the last the last couple times you've I've run a race with you, you have literally forgotten your running shoes. Yeah, so. <laughs> for sure. But I figured that out the, the night before when I was, you know, packing, getting ready to go. But we'll allow the pick because it's, it's a mediocre pick at best, so... Get out I'll, of here. I'll allow it. Coming from the guy, we're like pre-race routine. Mike's like the entire morning before the run. That that's gotta happen. 
tape a season, the last week leading up to the race. That's a good pick. That'd be a great pick. <laughs> Trent, you know much better. You picked all of food, so no, that's totally different, and not the golf food. You did. You said you said anything you like, anything you consume before a race. That's my. That's my. I said, I don't know how I'm gonna, gonna have be to any more specific. I said the specific moment that you change your outfit. Like I'm talking about, I'm not talking about a, like 45. You want to talk specific but, moment. I'm talking about a 30 second. Shirt, that's a specific moment. You sit down, you take off your shoes, put on your shoes. That's a specific moment. You, you, you know, you can't, you can't, you can't lump it all together. I, I, Trent, I think your food pick was a good pick. I think my pick was a and good plus, pick as well. And plus, you want to talk cross country, Mike. You want to talk cross country. You don't. You don't take off all your clothes and put your race shoes on at the same time. Race Usually, line. you wear, you wear your warm up out to the starting line with your race shoes on. So the so the so the switching of your of your training shoes to your race shoes is a completely different moment than taking I, off your clothes. I, the record will show that I forfeited the shoes portion of it. Yeah, but it was too late at that point. I couldn't. No, it's it. not. The, the, yeah, record, the record shows I, I forfeited it. And that's the personal podium for tonight. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's, uh, let's kick off the bell app. Mike, what do you got people in the bell app? So a friend of mine pointed out to me uh, yesterday that, let's say, hypothetically, the Red Sox continue the way they're going. They make the wild card game. They win the wild card game. And they don't get swept. All right. I know I'm going down a, a deep rabbit hole here. They don't get swept in the ALDS. They make the wild card game. They win the wild card game. And they don't get swept in the ALDS. There will be a playoff game in that scenario on Marathon Monday in Boston. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. So I I get a lot of things need to happen for that to happen. But that would be pretty awesome. You gotta give that guy a raise our stats and research department. Yeah. That's an incredible yeah. tidbit. Playoff game on Marathon Monday. I mean, that's never happened before, obviously. It'd be very, very cool. So I'm rooting for it. I think that'd be a cool thing to happen. We'll see. We'll see what happens. On that note. Meant to say it's at the top of the show, forgot. We are organizing a crew for the Marathon Monday. We're going to start early. We're going to meet. We got a spot. We're going to meet up. So if you're interested, shoot us a DM. I know some of you, some, some people have already reached out, but more information on that to come. Also, I think Trent and I are going to be around for the Bay State Marathon. So shout out to our guy, JP, that's going to be running that. Uh, so we'll be out there. So if anybody's in or around Lowell, I believe that's on the 17th. We will be doing something cool, watching some runners out there that week. Trent, what do you got people on the bell app? I thought I was going to get skipped there for a second. I was all, I was all razzled over here. But I wanted to take this time. housekeeping. Thank you. I wanted to get some, take this time to shout out uh, Jacob Warmold. He's a loyal two crew member. I ran into him at the Pelham Old Home Day, uh, Sean K. Parody. He was uh, an old friend of mine, so... Um, uh, in memorial of him, but but Jacob took the W at that race. Always good to see uh, a Pelham resident win Pelham's only uh, road race that we have. So good to see a Pelham guy, and then even better uh, to see somebody that listens to the pod, and it was fun to be able to catch up with him. So uh, nice run, Jacob, and keep uh, tearing up the local circuit. I believe he is a multiple-time Irish Clover champion. Is he? Uh, he yeah, he, he's, a, he's a local road race hero for sure, in a good way. 
yeah, yeah. Um, and I think we're supposed to be getting a video from him. I think he took down Chris Robertson's ice cream pint mile. So he, he brought it up. Uh, he, he may have some great footage of him doing it. He said he sent it. We'll have to make sure that it, it got mm-hmm. through. But uh, shout out to anybody that's attempting the ice cream mile. Uh, switch out a, a, the, the beer for a pint of ice cream. Um, he has to be Ben and Jerry's too, which he told me, which I don't think I realized. But that's some thick ass ice cream. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I'll, I'll shoot him a message if we can get that up on the Instagram or the the YouTubes. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really know if I have have much to follow there. Matthias. Oh, oh yes. Um, uh, shout out to our our guy sponsored athlete, uh, Matthias, for taking down the uh, the UMass Dartmouth Invitational. I mean, and just glued to these results closer and closer we get to nationals. I mean, it'd be pretty cool to see him at the front of the pack at D3 nationals. Um, what would, what would uh, D3 glory days have to do if, if uh peak too early sponsored the, the D3 national champion? Oh, we need some question. sort of collaboration. That's for sure. Yeah. 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 We got to hit up. No, I don't know. Uh, anyways, that's all I got. Um, that's all I got. Why am I having a brain fart here? <laughs> it's been a long day. <laughs> All right, boys. Mike, hit me with the Joes. <laughs> That's uh, how I usually end the podcast, right? Something like that. Yep. You forgot one section of it, but. What, what did I forget? I would have run faster. Boys. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Can we go back? I think Only if this whole thing stays in. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> all right all right uh all right that's all we got boys uh why am i why am i blanking right now usually is... other than that boys i would have run faster i would have run other than that boys i would have run faster but i peaked too early mike hit me with the josie there we go